0: Welcome to the alternative to the alternative. questions virtual reality, sponsored by isedn.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to, or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into the alternative with your host, Jim Hedler.
1: This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Search Engine Positioning for the Alternative on Webmaster Radio. We're sponsored by the ISEDN.org. This is going to be a little bit of an odd show. Jim's going to be taking the last half of the show, but he it will be reporting out of Seattle for the last half an hour of this one. Uh, I'll be taking the first half of the show, and I am joined by Ken Jerina from EPR for this segment. How's it going, Ken?
2: Very well, Dave, and yourself?
1: I'm doing very well. Very well, indeed. Um, well, let's just, uh, let's just launch in with uh, what we wanted to chat about. We had uh, an opportunity to discuss a little bit before the show uh, some of the things that, uh, that we might be discussing. Uh, something that's of interest to me, I'm sure it's of interest to, to a lot of our listeners, and, uh, and I know you've got a, a pretty solid uh, client base over there at EPR to, uh, to, to monitor some of the, the changes going on. Uh, so I'd like to chat about some of the changes that we've been noticing over the last... You know, periodically over the last couple months on the Google algorithm, uh, anything you might have uh, might have noticed in that that uh, that might be of interest or or might be impacting some of our listeners.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I I think that a lot of people have been commenting out there in the blogs and forums and so forth, and um, the consensus kind of is more or less more or less around the same, where it does seem to be revolving more around the domain age, uh, you know, the, the page ranking and backlinks and so forth, and. I mean, I guess it all depends as to how different search engine optimization companies uh, tackle search engine optimization of sites. There are some schools of thought where there's more of the chasing of the algorithm where you're going out to accommodate and try to capitalize on what opportunities there are and where the biggest demand or the biggest, I guess, focus is being placed. And uh, other schools of thought, which maybe we more subscribe to, is more of a holistic approach of entire site-wide optimization in literally all the different locations search engines can look at and, and developing just a good, great quality site with great content, great link equity, and, and proper optimization being utilized throughout. I mean, over the last six, seven years with our clients, we've really been able to weather the storm of the algorithm updates quite well. And, and knock on wood, we really haven't had a situation where our clients have taken an, a dramatic plummet. In the in the rankings, uh, and in some cases, there's you know an interesting blip, but that it, it, it typically tunes and correctifies itself pretty soon thereafter. So, uh, apparently, in the way in which we're going through and kind of covering the A to Z of all the locations, one can properly optimize site content and making sure that we're doing proper link equity and 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 just like I said, building great communities of links as well as great content on sites still holds true to be the the best solution overall when it's. Uh, you're trying to make sure you, you you know don't have too much of a severe issue. It, it's more I find the the different companies when you start taking a look into the details uh, as to what's being done where things are being necessarily missed and an algorithm change happens and then you're sort of chasing after trying to catch up or you're playing your cards more to rank better on one engine versus another engine and so forth where sometimes you seem to find yourself in, in trouble in that respect.
1: Now you, you bring up a really interesting point there in building quality sites you have a lot of good content you have some some good backlinks and I'd like to cover backlinks in the next question but um, on the on the issue of the quality sites good content plenty of content you know probably adding new content on an ongoing basis to these sites do you think that Google and, and the other engines seem to be following following suit behind them are basically gearing their algorithm almost for SEOs but SEOs who are actually going to build what they want the searchers to find
2: uh, I mean, again, I think it all comes down to the best visitor experience that's possible. and What really I think any engine's trying to do, including Google, is you know, mimic what that best search environment and search experience is and what's going to be good for the visitor is going to be good for the engine. And, you know, ultimately, uh, instead of sort of reverse engineering or trying to, you know, figure out what the game is for changing, if if you're concentrating on building great quality content, and think of the sites which we always focus on with our clients is making sure that we're developing a really great, site that contains resources, contains contains content. And whether you whether it's blogs that are necessarily the answer or whether it's going to be, you know, information in white papers or comparisons or FAQs or when you go through and you do effective keyword research, you can actually start to get a lot of great insight as to what that particular industry or market space might be missing where there's demand and very little sites that are actually, you know, ranking well or that even exist on, you know, in the rankings for those types of resources. And that's where you've got your pockets or pools of opportunities where you can start to capitalize on where there's that demand that isn't being met by competitors and put that unique content and that unique information into the site. And you're going to naturally get rewarded, not only from the freshness of good content, but also from good natural links being built and so forth. I mean, I I think, yes, there is a rewarding that's happening, but it's trying, again, to be more focused on just a good, great visitor quality experience, and it, you know, sometimes, sure, there's a couple different interesting moves that the search engines miss. we make as to what they might consider. Probably a lot of it is some different testing to see how the results are showing up. And I, I constantly see interesting little results that will be popping up, where you take a screen capture this and a screen capture of that, as to you know, kind of scratch your head, going, "Well, I've never seen it displayed this way before." And uh, there's a whole heck of a lot of little focus group sample sizing testing almost that's happening out there. Be, you know, in, in, whether it be country specific or industry specific as to how things are being displayed. So it's going to be a constant evolution. Um, but again, it, it, I know it's the tried and true answer that you keep on hearing over and over again of a good quality site and good content and whatnot. But really, it's, uh, you know, in doing that, you're going to get rewarded. And, uh, and it, it seems, like I said, weather the storm the best.
1: Well, now you, you bring up uh, on top of content, you know, of course, we all know that content is important. A for your site and, and B to capture, as you brought up, a variety of different phrases, as well as, as perhaps what you might be targeting as your primary, you, it's a great opportunity to grab the, the long-tail phrases and these sorts. On the other side of it, um, you'd also brought up the second pillar of SEO, and that is backlinks. Um, you know, it, in building backlinks that you know will withstand uh, the tests and the, the ebbs and flows. Um, of a a search engine algorithm change, I assume that using multiple tactics uh, and and to get multiple different types of links just to make sure that no matter what happens, um, you know, the site is going to withstand. There may be some fluctuations, but it's not going to go from page one to page eight. Um, What sort of approach do you take to to link building? And, of course, you you may or may not want to give specific tactics, um, but I think it would be helpful for our listeners to have the approach um, that you would take if you wanted to get a a client to uh, to the first page, and make sure that as the algorithms change, they might fluctuate a little bit, but they're going to stay in a good solid spot.
2: Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that also comes down to making sure you have a good mixture of links that are coming through the site, making sure things do look natural, and, and also making sure your content is going to result in natural linking to happen on your site as well. But the, when it comes down to really uncovering those great link opportunities when you are you know, a brand new site or you're a you know, little short in the link equity side of things. We have kind of got to be known quite well for the applications that we've developed that we use internally and have developed now over the last six years. The keyword research is one of the ones that have been covered by Rand Fishkin and different people out there in the past as to what we've been doing. And, and the other side of the coin, of course, is the, the link side. So with us, what we're looking at doing is not as much in, let's say, the paid paid links, per se, um, where on a month-to-month basis a payment's being made, and then once that payment stops, the link's being dropped off. Instead, it's still kind of going back to some of the old-school ways of saying, well, geez, if we could find those great needle-in-a-haystack opportunities where we could actually get a genuinely good, great link, and my gosh, it's actually free, wouldn't that be nice? And what our software is actually able to do is, based on the identification of, you know, what the targeted key phrases are, it actually goes out and does what we call link mapping, where it uncovers literally all the the authority and websites that exist within a particular industry and space online around, the phrases that we're optimizing a client's site on, it takes a look at the power of these websites from a multitude of different factors. And we actually provide an assignment of a search engine performance index ranking score that really helps to give us really the value and authority that a search engine is placing on these different sites. And using our application and the interface, our account managers are able to go through and actually pull a bunch of different queries to identify better sites that are going to help us to regionally rank better in geographic or specific down to an industry or products and looking at a number of different filters so as a result we're really sitting in a in a nice situation and i guess our clients as a result because we don't have as much of an issue of trying to find these sites because our software is going out and mapping the link relationships and isolating them for us and then generating a series of different reports based on who it is that or where it is that we're lacking from the link equity point of view and then using our applications We actually go and we manually campaign and record the results and we visit each of these different sites and produce a nice set of reports that the clients can actually see quite transparently what work was done and what the responses were. And we aren't really running out of sites to visit and campaign. And surprisingly, a large percentage of them are free links that we're getting was not even reciprocal, not even paid. And sure, we do have separate reports on those different sites as well, again, but based on qualifying the best sites, that if we are going to pay some dollars and cents, that the value is actually there. And if we are going to do a reciprocal link on it, that there's rationale that not only is link equity maybe going to be passed, but possibly at a, at a lower amount if if those are being knocked at all. But even if they aren't, or even if they are a part of me, but this is a site that's still ranking in front of my potential target market and likely was going to have visitors coming through it and then likely would result in some actual traffic coming into my website. Well, then, even if there's no link equity being passed on it, well, then why wouldn't I still want to get some representation off those sites? And a lot of times it's all a matter of uh, is is the link juice being passed, and is the link juice being passed. And I I give a lot of, uh, you know, whatever props, I guess, to Eric Ward and his different linking strategies and whatnot, if logic comes down to really if it's going to be a lot of marketing sense to you know find different pools of your target market in these different places and thinking a little more creatively as to how to go about getting links and it's not just all about the link equity side of things. But we are in a bit of a different position with our applications to, uh, to isolate these sites and then campaign them on a one-by-one basis.
1: So it sounds almost like your software is going in and is basically assessing um, what trust value, uh, you know, on top of some of the other factors, um, but seems to be calculating some sort of trust ranker or trust factor that a lot of these sites may be holding. Um, like, is it, it, is it basing this calculation or is it basing its recommendations Um on page rank or is it basing it on rankings, or is it basing it for whatever you can you can give, and, and I'm sure people would be interested to, to visit your website and take a look for more information. Um, but what can yeah, you tell us about its calculations?
2: Yeah, there are a number of variables we are taking a look at, um, and we're trying to make sure literally we factor in as many as possible. I mean, like the engines who are all constantly updating their algorithms, while well, we too have our own algorithms that we're playing with and testing out as well to continue to uncover better and better sites, because sometimes you're going to get some interesting abnormalities, and we've been able to really weed through those quite nicely. So in a page rank it isn't necessarily a big factor that comes into it. You know, it might be one of the factors that we're actually taking a look at. Um, You know, when you have a certain client and and there's, let's say, out of the 150,000 phrases that we could be looking at for that particular client, there's, um, you know, 183 that are identified as really targeted key phrases that are likely to convert for that client. Well, you know, looking at literally mapping out the hundreds of thousands of sites that are ranking across those different phrases and looking at the link relationships that exist within those different sites and seeing how well they're ranking across the different phrases and how many different links that they're getting as well. I mean, the trust value that you're talking about there is, is actually a really good way to put it because you know, we're, we're identifying in the eyes of the search engines what might be one of the... What are the better sites that quite often, actually, it's surprising that aren't even logical to the customer when they're initially looking at it? Like, we had a one of our non-profit clients that, that was more into environmental conservation, and up comes a, a rock band in the uh, list of sites for us to get a link from. And we're going, what in the heck is this? Well, lo and behold, they are in a bit of a... Um, it's a bit of a dumping scandal or something that they're dumping stuff from their from their tour bus or whatnot, and then got and switched it around to be more into you know wildlife and wetland wetland conservation and so forth and lo and behold they're ranking across you know seven of the different uh, target phrases they're providing some outbound links to known competitors that are identified within the software and sure enough this appears to be an actually pretty relevant site and you would have never thought that this you know, non for profit uh, wildlife organization would be looking to get a link. But lo and behold, they did, and they're welcome to give the link because it also gives them some nice PR value and support as well. So it's um, it's it, I think it's those needle-in-the-haystack opportunities again, but when you can continue to look at all the different haystacks the way the software can, you start to find out there's a whole heck of a lot of needles out there that um, quite often are, Willing to provide links and are doing so already and and that's a big thing as well as making sure the time is not being wasted It's one thing if yeah, this would be a great site to get a link from, but they never tend to give links out to companies like our clients. Well, then, what's the sense on really visiting that client and spending too much time as your first place? Maybe we, we are going to try to still go down that path because there's still that great opportunity if we could get it. but as far as you know where the best opportunity lies this is what our application is able to, uh, to help uncover for us. And that, that trust is, like I said, probably the best way to kind of qualify what's happening there.
1: Now, it's, it's funny because your, your, your tool there sounds obviously quite interesting. and I'd love to see it in action at some point. Um, but that's not the first thing that you developed. And as far as I'm concerned, most important stage of an entire SEO process, and we've touched on this a little bit already, is the keyword research stage. Right? You fail there, the entire campaign is a failure. Um, now, you have, have made some, some really interesting innovations into the keyword research phase. Um, what can you tell us about the processes and what you're taking a look at there that might be outside of you know, just hitting up Overture uh, and taking a look at, at what happens to show up there? What else do you folks take a look at?
2: Yeah, you bet. Um, yeah, the the other separate application we've got there, we call that one Market View, and um, that one is what we've got to be known for quite quite well because we typically per client will look at a hundred thousand to hundreds of thousands of phrases that are being searched and. There's a process we go through where we actually have a questionnaire with the client where we're walking through and guiding them as to not only their current state but their future state of the company and maybe new endeavors or opportunities or product lines or verticals or markets they want to get into and really using that first phase of, and, and that keyword research is really research in its best uh, way because it's a it's a year's worth of data that we're actually collecting from multiple data sources that, We have our own algorithm that gets further applied to that to weed out any of the inconsistencies that can be happening with some odd search frequencies coming from one source or from another source and there's ways in which we actually factor out any of those abnormalities so that we come back down to what is a more realistic search frequency that we can make some real decisions on and have some real solid numbers versus guessing so our search frequencies are really unique to ourselves and and through a series of different relationships and APIs and whatnot, we actually educate our market view software to set what that profile of the company is and, and, and the different business qualifiers that get inserted in and so forth that allows our application to go out and harvest in literally the hundreds of thousands of phrases. And then without a human being actually having to look at those hundreds of thousands of phrases one by one, the application is able to process a relevancy through all of the different phrases and as a result you're able to break down your keyword research time span into literally weeks a short number of weeks and it depends as to how wide you want to go versus months. It's quite often and I'm actually speaking on one of these topics for pricing but there's quite often um, models out there where it's month to month work that's done, a little bit of research done this month and changes to the site, a little bit of research done this month changes to the site. Maybe a couple hundred phrases are being mined and, and, and referred to and again looking at different sources. It gets to be kind of cumbersome if you don't have uh, an extensive application like this. That's, that's collecting it all and processing it and, and whatnot, and isolating those key groupings of concepts. And unlike other companies that we've found out there that are looking at a couple of hundred phrases maybe per month, well, if we've got up, gone out and really harvested 200,000 some odd phrases for this client, literally everything that's being searched, that customer really has a whole heck of a lot of months on a competitor of theirs who may be doing some search engine optimization work as well, but only looking at a couple of hundred phrases per month versus that 200,000 that was collected in those first couple of weeks. So it's, it's something that we really actually want to try to take this application into more of a scaled-down tool where we could allow third parties or you know literally actually other search engine optimization companies to also pull in from that multiple data sources and allow them to filter through so that they can really fine-tune the best key phrases right down to those really great long-tail phrases that may not be searched as much, but when you have a huge number of those long-tail phrases, you're really going to be able to capitalize on some great opportunities that in many cases may be missed because no one's really to go, willing to go through all that monotony of looking through all those phrases in more of the traditional sense that this software helps to bring to the forefront right at the very beginning. And not only that, but also the difficulty in ranking on those phrases is taken into consideration as well. So it's not only a frequency or the number of competitors or a KEI, but more of a competition index that we like to call it, where it's not only how, you know, those those, those are factors, but really are, are there sites that are intentionally optimizing around these different phrases too. So you've got something of a likeliness of your, you know, ability to rank. Uh, and, and, and it's, just, it's, a, it's a great tool and a great application that I guess we'd like to build into a tool to uh, allow other companies out there to be able to do that, that same type of level of search engine optimization and, uh, and really achieve some great results for customers and uh, also I think maybe improve some of the impression of what, of search engine optimization out there versus people doing more of the guesswork on their keyword research but really being educated as to what the right phrases are to optimize on.
1: No, do you have any ETAs for when you might have this available as a, as a tool that uh, that other webmasters could, I assume, purchase a subscription to or, or whatnot?
2: Yeah, we're actually thinking about creating something that probably likely would be either free or on a pay per use type model or something of that nature. Um, we have already started development on it some time ago here, and what it really comes down to is we're having a tough time, even with our own people internally, as to, well, which features don't we want or not don't we want to have but are going to be, you know, really setting back development of this. But but there's enough that's going to allow people to really get some value out of it as well, to make life easier for them when it comes down to keyword research. And to be honest, um, I mean, we're at a point where... We are fortunate to have a, a, you know, a good list of clients out there and people who are wanting to, uh, to do work with us and so forth. And there's too many what I call shiny objects of distraction that are happening where we can't put enough focus onto it. So I've mentioned that at a couple of the uh, conferences that I'm presenting at that we wouldn't mind possibly even partnering up with a company Who, uh, maybe has a lot of expertise in the development of online tools and online applications in order for us to expedite this and develop something and maybe do something even jointly with them on it. Um, because we have a number of other initiatives that we're involved in as well, even beyond this particular tool. But because of the demand that we've had from people when we talk about it as well as present on results and so forth, um, I think it really warrants doing something and, and also giving back to the community and, and allowing really any SEO firm out there to do proper keyword research for their customers, which just benefits everybody
1: now as as I predicted coming into this uh, you're, you're an extremely interesting person to chat with and I knew I knew that I was going to end up running out <laughs> running out of time but uh, I'm getting a notification from from Eddie that, that we're running short. I have one more question that I just need to ask you before uh, before we head off to pay some bills with uh, with a commercial break uh, and that is Regarding the upcoming SES in San Jose, I know you're going to be speaking there, uh, but the big important question is, hovercraft or helicopter, what are you going to be taking people to the party in?
2: (laughs) Well, there is a party that we are co-sponsoring. We've got to be known pretty much for that, and we like to have ourselves a good time as well to make sure those around us do um, so um, yeah, I, I don't quite know exactly what the vehicle is going to be of choice. We have uh, a couple great relationships with some hospitality people out there, and they always tend to uh, to do it upright, like we have in uh, in New York or Toronto in the past, but. Uh, um, yeah, I think you're going to have to wait and see as to exactly what will be showing up. And I think we'll be flying in probably in a plane. But as far as the parties are concerned, uh, we'll try to see if we can spice it up and do something that lives up to our the past expectations.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Well, Ken, thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you in uh, in San Jose. Uh, this is Dave Davies with Ken Jurena from EPR. Uh, thank you very much once again, Ken. Now we have to... Head off and pay some bills, and we'll be coming back with, uh, with Jim Hedger. The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial
0: break.
2: Your quest for an e commerce solution has found its
0: final destination. Fly over to fasttransact.com today! It's a no brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search, as well as free directory assistance with effective pay per call advertising, is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Paper Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays for new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to ingenio.com slash webradio. That's ingenio.com slash webradio. Ingenio. Simply ingenious. And now, transport back into The Alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Ketchum. Hey, Welcome back to The Alternative here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Uh, sorry about uh, sitting out the opening there. I'm in Seattle at S- the SES Travel Show, um, SES Travel 2007, and I'm really lucky. I'm, I'm joined on the line today by Nancy Ramamurthy. She's the Chief Marketing Officer at Sidestep.com, one of the largest uh, travel, travel vertical websites in, in the business. And she's also the keynote speaker at, uh, at uh, SES Travel Seattle. Nancy, welcome to The Alternative.
3: Thank you. Thank you for that nice welcome. Well, it's good to be here.
0: Can you, you're the Chief Marketing Officer of Sidestep, and, and Sidestep claims to be the largest of the, of the travel verticals. Could you tell us a little bit about Sidestep?
3: Sure yeah, so um for those of us or uh, for those of you who are not familiar with sidesteps, think of sidestep as sort of the the Google for travel search um what we do with um with our technology is that we search across um hundreds of airline partners and we're talking o t a direct suppliers and consolidators um hundreds of thousands of hotel providers, car rental companies, packages cruises you can even find private jets on sidestep so basically um with the sort of abundance of, uh, you know, options that are out there for, for consumers today, what we do is we rationalize that, bring it all in one place so it's comprehensive, and allow, it, allow you to access that in a very easy, you know, product interface so that you can find the right travel value for you, ultimately find the right price. It's incredibly easy to use, and it's very, very comprehensive.
0: How long has Sideset been, uh, been in the
3: marketplace? So, Sidestep is sort of an early innovator um, within travel search. We launched in 1999, and so we've been around as long as, you know, a company like Orbitz. And we launched as a toolbar originally. And it was a toolbar that allowed um, consumers essentially to do the same thing that you can do on our website, and that is while you were on a particular site, let's say a Travelocity, and you were searching for a flight from New York to San Diego, you could actually see the um, New York to San Diego would populate within the Sidestep Toolbar, and you could see all the other flight options from New York to San Diego and what those prices were so that you were in control and that you could make the trade off and the decision about where was the best place for you to purchase that ultimate flight.
0: And from the Toolbar stage, you moved into uh, a website. Um, That's when did the website come about?
3: So the website launched in 2005. Mm-hmm. And um, that was about the same time as uh, Kayak, for instance, one of our competitors that also launched. And the website has been doing incredibly well. Um, we've seen uh, tremendous growth year over year. And when you take a look at the total sort of travel, travel search sector, um, we're actually a part of the segment of online travel that's growing the fastest and, tr- and really helping to drive uh, total online travel.
0: Well, travel is one of the more successful um, verticals on, in internet marketing and in on, on the internet, um, more bookings. I, I think more bookings are happening online than are actually happening through agents. What's the? Um, how fast is SideStep growing, and how fast is is this market itself growing?
3: Okay, so um, when you take a look at, I mean, you're you're completely right. The shift from offline to online has has happened in a pretty dramatic fashion. Back in two thousand and four, about. 65% of um, gross bookings were taking place offline, and the rest of it was online. And now there's been a shift in 2008, it will literally be reversed where the bulk of bookings will take place online. So we've crossed that chasm um, where most bookings are actually taking place online. And three quarters of American travelers are online, and half of them are booking online. So it's definitely a huge mainstream market that's growing. And when you take a look at online leisure travel, that's growing at healthy double digit rates, I would say, in the um, I think the latest projection is about 22%, 22 to 18%. So, um, so very, very healthy growth within online travel. And then, when you take a look at the travel search segment specifically, if you'd look at ComScore Media Metrics, for instance, um, the travel search segment is growing 22% year over year, looking at uh, June 07 versus June 06. And that's in terms of unique visitors. And in our own internal data, we've seen that our growth in terms of unique visitors has been about 60%. Now, when I, when I do look at
0: the travel search sector, I see, a, I see a sector that almost feels like it's overpopulated. There's a lot of different options out there. What is it mm-hmm. that makes Sidestep the, a competitive option? Um, you, you're, you're competing against Orbit. You're competing against um, um, Expedia. You're, mm-hmm. you're competing against some very big names. And you're yeah. a large name yourself, but what is it that makes you more competitive than them?
3: Oh, well, we've got a really, really strong value proposition for consumers. Um, when you take a look at people that are booking travel online, um, we, asked, we actually conducted our own sort of quantitative uh, research, and we did some qualitative research. And what we found is that consumers value a couple of key things um, from any type of online travel resource, and that is that they want um, comprehensiveness, they want ease of use, and they want something that's trustworthy. And when we dug a bit deeper and said, okay, if you're looking to book um, your, your flight option, what are the things that you're looking for? And they said, um, we want to be able to search for prices within airlines and across airlines. We want to um, uh, be able to book directly with an airline. And we also don't want to pay additional booking fees. And those three things bundled together are actually only um, components of a value proposition that you actually get on Travel Search. So um, Sidestep doesn't charge additional booking fees. You don't actually book on Sidestep. What you do is you book directly with the, um, with the provider. And we're incredibly comprehensive. So we're, we include legacy carriers. We include low-cost carriers. So there's a whole slew of options for consumers to be able to select from and then to make the right choice for themselves. And well, these are not this, right? things that you find within an OTA.
0: If Sidestep isn't charging extra booking fees, how mm-hmm. is it monetizing its operation?
3: Um, so the way that we monetize our operation is that we actually get a referral fee from our partners. We also uh, monetize through advertising, both pay-per-click and uh, CPM.
0: Okay, now, um, for a second here, and, and I don't often do this, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to give a testimonial for Sidestep. I had a... Uh, as, as, as you must know, coming to Seattle at this time of the year, the, every hotel in town is booked. I mean, you can't find a room for, for love or money in this town right now. And I was desperate. I'm, I'm, I'm traveling with, um, with an assistant and with, with two others. And we're here for four, four days, and we're heading off to Chicago. And I was desperate. I didn't have a room. And it was like the last minute. And so mm-hmm. I tried a couple of your competitors. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I tried Sidestep. And... I got a whole bunch of hotels that were pr- already booked up, or that I didn't I didn't give me any options except one. And I swear, I swear, Sidestep found the last rooms in this city, <laughs> and, and I booked them just in time. Thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, thank you. How um, how is it? And I, I was curious about this. How is it that some of the the biggest names in the sector, I mean, alongside you, some of couldn't find what I needed, but Sidestep did?
3: Well, we actually have probably the most robust hotel inventory of any competitive offering that's out there. And really, it's it's a matter of having the right direct relationships, and we also surface all of the options. So it may be the case that some of our competitors may only show those options that actually drive significant revenue for them. Let's put it that way. So you don't necessarily see everything that is potentially available within the marketplace. But Sidestep is completely unbiased. We're transparent. What we do is we show you everything that's there, and you make the choice. Because, because we're not a middleman, we're not actually making money on each transaction.
0: So you're absolutely unbiased. Um, really, as from, a, from a, a technical point of view, you don't really care where I book. That, that doesn't mean a lot to Sidestep. What means something to Sidestep is that people use the system.
3: Exactly, and people are recognizing that that value, and that's why I think within that's why you see you see so many uh, new competitors within travel search. The category has grown, uh, you know, significantly over the course of the past couple of years, and there's a strong awareness of these brands. You know, 22% awareness of brands like SideStep, Kayak, uh, Yahoo, uh, Fair and these are brands that have not spent 170 million dollars in you know offline marketing like a lot of the offline travel agencies have and i think the reason that there is awareness and that there's usage and that there's growth is that we're offering great value and comparison shopping has been around since you know the days of yore you know people want to be able to look across all the options that they have and make the decision themselves and to be in control and that is exactly the travel search value proposition so i think that the you know it's early days still i think within online travel and you know who knows who will evolve to be the winner but I think Travel Search is incredibly well-positioned to do incredibly well moving forward. It's well, early, early you're, days. you're here at
0: Search uh, Engine Strategies Seattle, the, the travel show, as a keynote speaker. Yes. Yeah. How... Search Engine Strategies tends to be uh, a show for search marketers involved in either, either in a general space or in the case of shows like this, in a, in a specific vertical space. Mm-hmm. How does Sidestep work with search marketers, or how could internet online entrepreneurs work with Sidestep?
3: Mm-hmm. So um, I think for, for internet marketers, as they're considering sort of the breadth of options that they have to reach a highly qualified and engaged audience, the travel search is definitely a category, you know, and Sidestep is a part of that category, that uh, makes incredible sense for them, because you're reaching, again, highly qualified, engaged audience. They travel more they spend more money, and this is particularly true of folks that use sites like Sidestep. And um, so, I think for them, it's really a matter of positioning their brand, making and, and generating, you know, improved ROI, having better conversion rates, and, and an incredibly efficient distribution system that um, allows them to meet a great audience that is growing over time.
0: Do you have any sense of your audience's demographics?
3: Yes, yes, we do. Um, so versus the the online sort of traveling audience, the people that are booking online, we actually do tend to skew a bit younger than traditional offline or online travel agencies like in Orbit, Travelocity, Expedia. And we over-index on 25 to 34. These are people that are very, very comfortable with technology. They're using social applications. They are frequent travelers. Many of them are traveling significantly more than the U.S. average. U.S. average is about four. Um, we see that our sort of core target is traveling probably seven plus times a year, seven plus leisure trips. They're taking more air trips, they're taking more international trips. And they have um, a mindset and a love and passion for travel. At what
0: point does the market saturate? Well It does do you see a point where the market saturates? Yes. That would be a better question. Yeah.
3: I think the you know, let's say in terms of total travel and in terms of online travel, there will be saturation Total travel, I think is growing in, at single digit rates. Online travel will represent fifty nine percent of the total market by two thousand and eight, so there will be some saturation let's say between two thousand and ten to two thousand and fifteen but I think and that 's for total online travel, but I think that based on sort of the, the you know the abundance of resources that are out there for online consumers online traveling consumers and the need to actually reduce that level of complexity and to make it simple and easy to find the right travel deal for you, that what Travel Search offers is, you know, fundamentally core to that. And so for Travel Search specifically, I see tremendous upside in terms of our growth. So I do not see Travel Search, let's say, uh, decreasing in growth over time. I see us continually taking share. Um,
0: I know that uh, you you just got into town, um, and uh, I know that you have a a million things to do before uh Getting, before getting ready for your keynote, and there's a lot of people you have to talk to. So I, I, I have one more one more question for you. I don't want to keep you on the line too long. Um, what, what message do you want to deliver to uh, to the recipients to your keynote of your keynote address?
3: So the message that I want to deliver is uh, is basically considering the the evolution of travel that we've seen to date is to talk about the strengths and benefits that travel search has to offer. What a strong value proposition it is. I think. Five years ago, it was a question of, you know, if travel search was a category that could even survive. And then it became a question of, well, you know, when would it actually be meaningful? It's actually 22% of the total online travel market today. So I think now it's a question of, you know, how big is it going to get? And I think that what I want to communicate is, you know, it's here, it's here to stay, and it's going to continue to grow. And it's because we deliver fundamental value, which offers great value for consumers and great value for all of our partners.
0: Well, Nancy Ramamurthy, I thank you so much for your time this afternoon, and thank no you for being problem. on the alternative. I hope you have a great time here in Seattle and uh, a great keynote.
3: Great, thank you so much,
0: Take um, care. friends. That was Nancy Ramamurthy. She's the Chief Marketing Officer from SideStep.com. SideStep is one of the uh, larger and, in my experience, more useful of the uh, of the the travel sites in the in the vertical uh, of the sites in the travel vertical network. Um, I told you we had, a, tr- we had a, a number of treats on the show today, and I wasn't kidding. We also have on the line with us, hopefully right about now, um, Elizabeth Ozmoloski. Hey, this is Elizabeth. There's Elizabeth Ozmoloski on the line right now. Now, Elizabeth is the person who organized this show, SES Travel Seattle. Elizabeth, welcome back to The Alternative.
4: Hi, thanks for having me again, Jim. It's been too long.
0: It's, um, it's always too long Between the times we speak Elizabeth It's always too long
4: so, <laughs> Although it may be Every other month At a SES event
0: but well, That's how it is With all of us Isn't it
4: <laughs> um, This is a fun show This is a
0: It's a nice Small Intimate show Um mm-hmm of about 350 attendees, 350? A little bit less than that,
4: actually. And, and that's sort of the, just to go back a little bit, as, as an alternative to the major SES events, um, over the last year to two years, I have been organizing these Search Engine Watch live events, a little bit smaller, more intimate, and in markets we don't typically get to with the major SES shows. Um, and then last year we did our first SES local event, and that was a show planned for 150 people, and it exceeded the expectations at Incisive, um, and over 200 people showed up, and it was just a fantastic time to focus on the local vertical. So over the last year or so, I've been pushing for the travel space to have its time in, time in the sun, and we did the same thing, took the same approach, planned for 150 to 300 people, um, just to make it more intimate more high level discussion and, and really get into the issues that are core to travel search marketers and traditional brand managers in the travel space
0: well you you have some great great speakers in your lineup right now um what do you uh which sessions do you think are going to be um i' I guess your answer is going to be all of them but um what what are some of, what are some of the ones that really appeal to you? Mm-hmm.
4: Well, that's, well for starters that's that's the challenge in putting together a vertical show like this for the first time you're not 100% sure which sessions are going to take and what what topics people are most interested in um obviously paid is a big concern right now in the travel space you know uh bid prices shooting through the roof people are having trouble justifying ROI on branded terms versus non-branded terms, I'm trying to catch a hold of the long tail, certainly a big topic in paid and organic as well. Um, really the hot topic is going to be social media. Uh, social media was around long in, in the travel space, long before the Facebooks and the MySpaces got popular. Um, so really I think travel sort of has been ignored as, as the starter for the social media event because, reviews and traveler opinions and travel logs have been online since, since the early days of Yahoo and whatnot. And, you know, it's just sort of now socials really getting the attention. So that is absolutely going to be a, a big focus. We've talked about it a little bit today so far. There will be another session later in the, later in the event. And um, Nancy Rememurthy from Sidestep will be talking a fair amount about social activity.
0: How many of the uh, you've organized five, maybe six of the smaller shows? Um, mm. Is this your last one?
4: Uh, we will have to see. Um, I, I, I'm very keen to do the SCS travel again. Again, like I said, I was pushing for it because I, I thought it was long overdue. In SCS events, and I think there's a huge potential for these intimate verticals shows that are more advanced. So I'm I'm hoping that we get to do this again, um, and certainly make it make it as rounded, rounded as possible in terms. So it's very possible. And you will see me at SES San Jose for sure. But I have an affinity for the travel space. Um, most people do know that I recently moved in, into a position to do search marketing at a startup travel company. And what is that the, is What's Zonder. the name of the company? How it's do you spell Zonder, the URL? Zonder.com. What do you all do? And we do online vacation rentals. Okay. So we're sort of an alternative to traditional hotels and resorts. Um, and the more advanced uh, or more experienced travelers have kind of caught on that renting a beach a, a vacation house on the beach for a week or down or a downtown loft in, in New York City can actually be much cheaper than um, your average four or five star hotel room. And you have far more space. You have a kitchen, full amenities, possibly a private pool, private hot tub and all those those fun little luxury items that you can really get in and, and just sort of relax and, you know, on your own terms and not be held to, to... I mean, certainly, upscale hotels offer a lot of services, but the more independent travel, traveler finds some additional value in doing something like a vacation rental.
0: Well, I was going to suggest that. I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking of um, SES New York coming up in... Uh, mm-hmm in uh, uh, February I think it's February of next year um, yeah, or exactly. uh, maybe AdTech New York coming up in, uh, in November um, would, it be, would it be wiser to use your system to find a, a, a private accommodation mm-hmm. like you Absolutely. save some money and I'd probably be more fulfilled is that what you were saying?
4: Absolutely, because I think when we go to SES or one of the major events um, in Manhattan and the Hilton in Midtown is a fantastic Hilton that we usually stay at, but the the average rate is 300 plus a night, right? So one of these um, downtown Midtown Manhattan lofts that we've got, we've got like over 125 actually in New York City. So if you go on to Zondor and you look through the pictures, these are upscale, really hip, really urban lofts in great locations. And the rates are easily match the price um, of the the major hotel chains down in in Midtown or are actually lower cost on a per-night basis. So you're talking about half the cost. So it's just this huge untapped market in terms of the the potential and, and, and the real savings value to travelers who hadn't discovered them before. And, and you get more space. Obviously, like in, in the midtown Manhattan hotels, you typically have a very small room because space is such a premium.
0: Absolutely, and, yeah. yeah.
4: The al- the alternative is getting your own apartment loft, and these are these are larger larger penthouse types. How long has Zonder been around, Elizabeth? Right. Zonder is, we're a startup and, and we're venture funded, but they've been working on the search technology um, for about a year and a half to two years now. Um, and it was founded um, out of the old people way back from the search days. We'll remember AHA, uh, which was a pay-per-click platform, and that turned into Enhance Interactive and was later acquired by MarchX. So MarchX is obviously a, a very popular name here in Seattle. Um, so when some of the guys who started Zonder, the CEO in particular, he wanted to go on vacation to Costa Rica and go surfing with his buddies, so they were looking all up and down the internet for uh, an appropriate house on the beach to rent that would give them access to surfing um, and they were just he got fresh so frustrated with the process because he would if he could find something that fit his needs, which was very difficult it's a very manual process. He put about twenty hours into finding house vacation rental um, to fit eight people, eight guys. Um, and so he's very frustrated by this. Um, then he had to call owners directly and maybe not get a hold of them. And, you know, and um, people just operate on their own time. They weren't sure if the dates were available, and they had to get back to them. It was very just a frustrating process. And so he just gave up, and he booked a hotel down in Costa Rica. And he gets there, and he finds this entire street along the beachside, um, lined with just these gorgeous vacation houses and villas and just prime prime real estate around right the beach. And they all had for rent signs up up in, up in front of them. So he basically checked out of his uh, upscale hotel and, and grabbed one of those houses on the beach and said there's got to be a better way to do this. When he got back from his vacation, he sat to it. And... Um, built Zonder, and the fundamental proposition of that is you can search by all of the amenities that are important to you. Um, if you absolutely have to have a barbecue, that's an option. So it gets, gets into the really advanced pieces of search um, and, and choosing by amenities and finding a property that is also available on the dates you want to travel.
0: And does does Zonder work with airlines as well or with airline search? Um, would I be able to book my flight as well as booking my accommodation? Mm-hmm.
4: We haven't done that yet, but it's certainly a possibility. And obviously packaging is a, is a big deal in the OTA space. So um, that's a, certainly a potential for, for, for a partnership there that we would look, look to in the future. Out. right now we're very f- um, focused on gathering a, a large number of properties to people to, for people to choose from yeah. and so we have thousands already and it's just our, our goal is to be the offer the, the widest b- breadth of inventory that we can so that consumers have the best choices in the most popular destinations so we have Orlando, New York City Costa Rica um, some ski destinations obviously those are the ones I check out first everyone knows me knows that I'm a big skier um, so we're really focused on that, on that aspect right now and, and providing consumers with the information they need to make a decision and, and, and feel comfortable booking with Zonder.com. And that's another advantage of, of this, this space because traditionally you've had to send your deposit check direct to this owner in Costa Rica. You have no idea what he's going to do with your personal information. So we certainly are, are working on the trust side of things with the e-commerce factor. So that's our focus. It's just direct to consumer right now.
0: Now, How does Zonder find its properties?
4: Um we have a sales force certainly um who goes out and and sells to um individual owners and property property managers. So we are just we just have a fantastic team plugging away at, at gathering inventory and and making deals and signing people up. So certainly if you have a spare house to rent you could list it yourself on Zonda right now if you wanted to.
0: Well, we might talk about that later. <laughs> Now, I remember, when, I remember when you made the announcement that you were leaving Search Engine Watch and, 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 and leaving Incisive, and I was thinking, oh my goodness, going from like, such an amazing, amazing, massive space mm-hmm. into a startup, I was mm-hmm. curious how you were lured away.
4: Well, um... Going back a little bit, I, I worked for a startup search marketing agency, so it's not that much of a stretch. You know, when I when I got into the search marketing business, and then was independent for a while after that. Be- before joining Incisive as a jour- on the journalism side, and I also sort of in that time span, I was a act- adventure travel journalist. So travel has always been a big love of mine anyway, just just from being a user of it and um, just being an enthusiast about going to certain places. Um, so just the travel space itself, again, that was the impetus for, for planning SES travel. Um, that was just really attractive. But overall, I've been in the search marketing space for eight years now, which is eons in Internet time. Um, and overall I was just looking to do something a little bit different and being in-house and, and being in charge of all the online media all, and marketing and content for, for Zonder was really attractive So it was just more of a, a change of pace really than anything else I, I loved my time at Search Engine Watch working with Danny was an amazing experience um, but it was just time to do something different and that's what I think all of us you know, look, look for when it's a big job change that way
0: so what's your official title there?
4: I'm director of online media.
0: Now, your official title here at Search Engine Strategies Seattle is boss. (laughs) That's pretty much correct, eh?
4: Right. I was the conference chair, yeah, so I I bossed it around. But this has been my first event um, working with Kevin Ryan, who is the new director of Search Engine Strategies. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you know, looking forward to spending more time with him and seeing what he has in store for the future of SES.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, he's—he's a, he's a, he's a Kevin's a, a really sharp guy. He's mm-hmm. uh, got some great ideas. He's uh, very well known in this space.
4: Right, I, I, I think he's going to do great here. Right, and I can't believe I hadn't crossed paths with him before the, this this show. So, I am looking forward to that. And, and like I said, I will be in San Jose. And most people find it, even though I've gone to this startup and online travel company, they think I'm going to leave the space completely, which is not the case. Obviously, you'll still see me at San Jose, SES, and Webmaster World, and, and all the critical events that, that um, a search marketer and social person should, should stay, stay up at.
0: Well, Elizabeth, I, I always look forward to seeing you at any of these events, and um, I'm, I'm sure I speak for a, lot, for a lot of other people in the search marketing family. Um, and this event is fun. Thank you so much for organizing, it, and, and, and thank you so much for being on The Alternative today and taking the time to speak to us.
4: That's great, Jim. Thank you. Always well, I, a pleasure.
0: I, actually, I'll probably be talking to you in about 10 minutes. But,
4: okay.
0: Um, <laughs> um, we'll definitely be seeing you in, uh, in uh, uh, San Jose and at other Search, uh, search Engine Strategies events. And, um, Elizabeth, again, thanks for being on The Alternative.
4: Thank you. Bye, Jim.
0: And friends, that's it. That's it. We've blown another hour. I don't know how it happens. The time just goes. You start talking, and 60 minutes goes by, and Zoom, there you go. So I have to close it up now. Um, it's uh, Thursday, the 26th. I'm in Seattle. Dave Davies, my co-host, is back in Victoria. And Dave, thank you for uh, for opening the show and, and, and uh, your interview with Ken, who's a phenomenal guy. Um, this is Jim Hedger on behalf of Dave Davies. Dave uh, from sitepronews.com, Dave from Beanstalk Inc. This is the alternative, sponsored by isedn.org and webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned, there's another show coming up in just a moment.